Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. A song we've sung before, and uh, sung it through the years, it's been worth every mile. I remember we would sing that in church and then we were driving down the road years ago and the boys were younger then and one was just bellowing out with all of his heart and with all sincerity he was singing, it's been worse every mile. <laughs> and uh, we laughed out loud. I said, I said, hold on, hold on, it's worth every mile. Not worse every mile. I said, although sometimes it feels that way, amen? Sometimes we understand that, uh, but it's been worth every mile. I'll tell you, when you look at your life in view of eternity, don't you know it's worth it to serve the Lord, to honor the Lord, and to do His will for your life? That's really all that matters when it's all said and done. How good God has been. And I'm thankful this morning that God brings me back to himself again and again. And that's really what we do every Lord's Day here. We just are brought back to God through his word, getting a fresh glimpse of who he is, how he works, and what he wants to do with our lives. What he wants us to do in response, in an act of faith and obedience. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. I want you to take your Bibles and stand with me this morning as we read. Our text is in Proverbs chapter 27. Let's stand together. Proverbs 27 has an interesting verse here that I want you to see. As I preach a message today entitled, Wanderers Seldom Wonder. That's what God has placed upon my heart for this hour. How easy it is to wonder that God wants us to wonder. Instead, there's a difference there. And uh, so we're to be reminded of the great wonder and majesty and greatness of our God. And so, but notice what we read here. Let's read it together aloud. Proverbs 27, and we read together here in verse 8. As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. I want you to think of that from his place. You may be seated. I read the story of the wandering Jew. It's a mythical, immortal man whose legend began to spread in Europe in the 13th century. In the original legend, a Jew who taunted Jesus on the way to Calvary was cursed to walk the earth until the second coming. From place to place... This homeless one would wander in ever-shifting exile. Every 100 years, he would return to the age of 30. It was a story, a legend, a mythical person that illustrated this truth. To neglect Christ, to reject Christ, is to wander aimlessly from one place to another without ever finding peace or rest. 
I wonder how many aimlessly wandering people we have among us today. We all are there to some degree or another, if not without, at times, within. Just like this wanderer, we can go to and fro, never finding peace or rest. You say, Pastor, what do I do today if my life is without direction? What if I find myself aimlessly wandering? What if I'm about to step aside from following Christ? Bob Jones Sr. said, A man falls inwardly before God long before he falls outwardly before man. That's where the battle is. It's in our own hearts, in our own minds. As I think about what God wants us to see today from his word, I want you to take note of these thoughts here. And God invites us back to himself. God says to us today, come back to me, come home. Come home to the Father. He really loves you. That's the place you ought to be, where God has you, what God wants you to do for him. As we think about this, I remember the songwriter, and I've sung this, we all have many times, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Do you feel it in your heart? Do you ever feel this tug, this pull, sometimes this stretch in your heart to turn aside, to go your own way, to give up, to give in, to just simply say, I've gone as far as I'm going to go. I can go no further. This is it. As we think about this, what a picture God gives us here in his word. The word wandereth in verse 8 literally means to wave or waver to and fro. Uh, even to flap up and down is the figurative picture here that it's one that is fleeing, one that is leaving, one that is departing, one that is gone. They've wandered off. They've left their place. The word place here. Now think about it. The nest, a place of refuge, a, a place of safety, a place of provision, a place that God in his infinite wisdom and creation has provided for this bird. And God shows us the picture here and he says, as a bird just kind of leaves the nest behind and leaves that place of safety, if you're not careful, that's what's going to happen in your life and you don't even realize it's happening because the word place here, in verse 8, so as a man that wandereth from his place, his spot is the word, literally. It has the thought of not just a physical location, but also a condition of the mind or the body. In your mind, you're leaving. In your mind, you're wandering off. In your mind, you're gone what we think in our minds at some point in time, our steps follow. God has established you where you are, 
who you are, with who God is placed in your life? Are you going to see the value of that? And are you going to remain steadfast? Or are you just going to simply leave the Lord out of your life and say, well, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of wander on and move away from what God has for my life. Back in chapter 21, I want you to turn there, please. Proverbs 21 and verse 16. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Wow. When we began to drift and began to wander away from God and away from his will for our lives where he's placed or established us, we began to be gathered with those, the congregation, the gathering, the assembling of those who have likewise turned aside or likewise rejected God or likewise they're aimlessly wandering and they want to welcome you into their aimlessness. Israel always welcomes and loves company. And these who are dead in their heart, in their mind, they're numb perhaps. They're just at a point to where I don't feel anything anymore and, 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 and I just don't know who I am and what I'm about and, and what I'm to do with my life going forward. Oh, it's in those moments when every urge within us says, jump the ship. That's when we need to stay with the ship. That's when we need to stay put and never forsake in the night what God has given us in the light. We've got to be careful just saying, well, I've just got to get away. I've just got to do something different. I've just got to move on. But what? What? I remember one of the practical things we talked about years ago when I first came as pastor. We were trying to update our bulletin boards in our Sunday school classes. And here's a lesson I learned. I thought, well, we want to replace the bulletin boards and put up something nice and new and fresh, right? Sometimes we get all excited about it and take the old bulletin board down and then a week would pass, two weeks would pass, three weeks would pass, a month would pass and the bulletin board would be blank the whole time until we got the other board up. And I learned this. Don't take the old board down until you've got a new one ready to put in its place, right? And we have to learn this is how God works. God doesn't just say, hey, step into nothing and, uh, and leave me behind and then on your own, I'll leave you alone to figure it all out and it's all going to be okay. That's not the way God leads. You know, when I was asked to pray about becoming the pastor of this church, the first thing I had to settle in my heart in prayer was, God, do you want me to leave where I'm at? I was going to be there the rest of my life, I thought. I truly was committed, thought I would be the youth pastor there all of my days, and that's where God had me. That's why it was so difficult for me to even think about leaving. I wasn't looking for any place. I was just looking for the Lord. I wanted to serve him. 
And so when God settled in my heart, and it was an unusual process of prayer and fasting and studying God's word and getting biblical counsel, when God settled in my heart that he had cut that tie, then I'm like, okay, Lord, if you're redirecting my steps other than what I thought, I'm willing to follow you and I'll go anywhere. I'll go to the mission field. I'll go anywhere. If you definitely are leading me to take another step of faith, I'll follow you anywhere. And the more I prayed, the more the Lord narrowed that. Monroe, North Carolina, shining light. And I said, of all places, Lord, why there? Not that I didn't want to come. It's just that, is that it? Why do you want me in Monroe? And God used that verse when he sent his disciples for that colt that was tied. He said, and they're going to ask you a question, why do you loose him? He said, tell them, the Lord hath need of him. And that's what God spoke to me about. By his spirit, through his word, I have need of you in Monroe. Follow me, trust me, obey me. Friend, I want to encourage you. One way God leads us from a certain place is by leading us to another. Be careful just picking up your anchor and aimlessly wandering. I've seen many people get so far away from God. I've even seen people in ministry get so far away from God. They never end up close to God or back in ministry or back in church sometimes at all. We have to be careful. God has placed us here. The Bible says in Proverbs 17 and verse 24, wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. One has written the fundamental delusion. There is something out there that will make me happy and fulfilled forever. There's nothing here. It's out there somewhere. It's always out there. Oh, how unstable, unsteady, how wavering we become. The fool's eyes, think about that, are in the ends of the earth. There's something better, someone better, uh, uh, something else other than what I have. But what if God's placed you where you are? What if God is giving you the opportunity that you have? Be careful that you don't undervalue that or dismiss it or allow the adversary to talk it down because that opportunity that you despise today, if you're not careful, you'll desire tomorrow just like Esau did his birthright. When he got his bearings and his senses returned, it's like, wow, what did I do? Just for a bowl of soup? I mean, just for a moment of earthly satisfaction? I gave away not only the blessing upon my life, but upon all of those who come after me, my children, grandchildren, and beyond. What have I done? God help us. The Bible talks about the one who does not follow the Lord. Look back in Proverbs chapter 5. It's a great challenge to us all. Proverbs chapter 5. We read in verse 21, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. The word pondereth here has the thought of to kind of lay it out there, to roll flat even, to kind of weigh it. Let's see it for what it really is. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, 
That's the man who acts independently of God. And he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. His sins. He shall die without instruction. And in the greatness of his folly, he shall what? Go astray. The greatness of his folly, leaving God out. There's a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Leaning to one's own understanding, leaving God out. It's like, hey, it's all right. I'll figure this thing out. I mean, I've just kind of gone this path long enough. Friend, I want to tell you, I don't know where you're at today, but God knows where you're at. You may be reeling. You may be hurting. You may be just empty in your heart, but don't leave God out. Look to God. Draw nigh to God. God wants us to just simply stop wondering, aimlessly drifting. Number two, he wants us to start wondering, being caught up anew in the wonder of God and his greatness. Turn with me in God's word back to Psalm 4. Psalm 4, it's a powerful verse here that I want you to see. Psalm 4 and verse 4, we read, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Meditate upon this. Think about it. Stand in awe. Stand in awe of God. Get a fresh glimpse of the glory, the greatness, the majesty of your God. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Through eyes of faith, get a fresh glimpse of God. Get a fresh glimpse of not only his glory and his blessing, but also the awful consequences of leaving him out of your life. That's the thought here. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Lie there still in quietness in the solitude of the moment and take in where your life is headed with God, without God. The blessing that God can give or the sorrows that sin will bring. He said, now you need to take this to heart. Be careful. You need to get your eyes back up on God. Don't aimlessly wander away as though it doesn't matter if you pray. It doesn't matter if you seek godly counsel. Hey, it's my life and and I've got to decide. I've got to figure this out. We all respect that. The Bible teaches individual soul liberty, individual accountability to God. We understand that. But yet God said in the multitude of counselors there is what? There's safety, people loving you, investing in you, pointing you to God, helping you to see a side that you're not seeing yourself. We all have blind spots. We all have things that we're not seeing right now. And sometimes we need someone to love God and love us enough and to just simply say, hey, but what about this? Well, well, in all honesty, I wasn't thinking about that. We need to think about this. You need to see this because it's a vital part of this equation. The decision you make and the ramifications that it will bring. Look over in Psalm 8. 
The psalmist declared in verse 3, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Verse 9, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Well, I tell you, when your heart is wavering, that's the very time you need to look to God and his heart through his word and follow what his heart says instead of your own. Look to God. The way you stop wandering away is being caught up in a renewed wonder of the greatness of God. There is a God in heaven. He's at work in this world and in my life. I don't understand what's going on. It doesn't make sense to me. And if I had the choice, I have to be honest, I would not even have chosen this. So is this something that God chose for me? If he's sovereign and in control, if he's providential and nothing happens without his knowledge or permission, then yes. He knoweth the way that I take, Job said. So as a man that wandereth from his place, he shall be holden with the cords of his own, his own sin. Personalize this. God is speaking to you and me. He says, I want you to come home. I want you to come back to me. And the way you come back to me is stop wandering. Start wandering. Get caught up anew with God and his greatness, who he is and what he's done. Hebrews 12 says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. There's always hope and healing with the great physician. He knows the hurt of your heart. He knows what you're carrying. He knows that you can't carry it alone. He knows when you come to the point where you can't bear it, where you can't carry it anymore, and he invites you Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You'll find rest for your souls, casting all your care upon him because he cares. He careth for you. That's the God that we're serving. Earl Spurgeon said, whenever God means to make a man or a woman great, a servant, he always breaks that one in pieces first. Any of you understand, have a concept, what it means to be broken personally? Has God ever broken you, your will, your plan, your expectation, your timing? Has God ever allowed that to just be broken to pieces right before you? And it's like, what is this? I thought God was there for me to help bring to pass what I wanted him to do. And so this is what I hoped for and prayed for with all of my heart, and now it's just scattered everywhere, broken to pieces. Isn't that amazing? 
Charles Spurgeon also said, before God honors a man publicly, he takes him aside privately and flogs him well. <laughs> so that when he does bless him and give him opportunity, of all people, he will not be one who is even tempted to take credit for it. Wow, this is the Lord. Because God has broken me down to where I know I can't do this. But I've also learned that what I cannot do, he can. And that's where I stand. That's the side I come down on. I'm going to get caught up by the grace of God again and again of the wonder of God's greatness. This great creator who created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And when I look at the greatness of God, I'm thinking, Lord, who am I that you would even be mindful of me, that you would love me, that you would set your heart upon me, that you would have a plan for my life, that you would save me, forgive my sin, and direct my steps. Who am I, Lord? I don't deserve this, but in gratitude, I praise you and I thank you for it. This is the God of the Bible, the true and living God whom we serve this very hour. So God wants us to stop wondering, start wondering. And then lastly, he wants us to stay willingly. Stay willingly. Paul preached, and I'll just give you a verse here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Just turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 17. Paul is talking about the great burden, the necessity that is placed upon him to preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9, 17. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What Paul is saying here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that the preaching of the gospel is my duty, my obligation before God who called me. I'm not doing it for temporal reward. It's more than just something that I want to do of myself. It goes deeper than just serving for earthly advantage. I'm simply doing what God has given me to do. And I'm doing it from my heart. Why do we serve the Lord? Why do we do what we do? Is it for earthly reward, earthly praise, earthly acknowledgement? Or is it from our heart a commitment of loyalty, of devoted duty that says, with the Apostle Paul, I am debtor. I owe the Lord, the one who gave his all, his everything for me. I owe him my all, my everything. From my heart, Lord, I serve you, and I do it willingly. You don't have to overly just move and motivate me in such a way to where it just lasts for a short time and then it's over or it's shallow. The devotion or the uh, duty and the commitment is not very deep and then I, I'm off to just something else more interesting, it seems, in my mind to do with my life. No, Lord, by your grace, I'm going to stand fast. I'm going to stay put and I'm going to do what you have given me me to do. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 12, David perceived that the Lord had established him, put him in place, stood him 
fast as king over Israel. God has placed us where we are today. God wants us to just simply say, hey, this is what God has given me. This is my portion. This is where God has placed me and what God has established me in. And I'm going to learn to embrace it anew by faith and thrive within it. See, we're thinking, well, there's something now. There's got to be Oh, be careful. You may get what you want, but then lose what you had. Be careful about that. God teaches us clearly here in his word, serve me gladly, serve me willingly, stay in that place of service, thrive there. If I have need of you elsewise, then I will send for you. That's what I always told people as a young preacher. God knows my name and God knows my address. And it's not for me to seek some other place of service, it's for me to seek God. David was a man after God's own heart. And if I seek God and he has my heart, then he has something else he chooses for me to do, then he will send for me. He will call me. He will put that in my heart. He knows where I am. I'm just going to keep seeking him and serving him where he's placed me. Oh, that's what God wants us to see. The way to stop wondering is to start wondering anew and to stay where God has placed you. God says if you're wandering away either physically or even inwardly, just get that settled. This is what God's given me. This is who God's given me. I'm going to embrace this and thrive within this context. I'm going to make the most of it. Now, if God leads otherwise, then God will lead to. That's the way he leads. He leads you to. But God will make that known. Follow the Lord. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Put him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He shall direct thy paths. I think about it. I read this story. One pastor told about a man whose dog was swimming. The man called the dog to go home. The dog... But we know these dogs. And they like to swim. And they like to chase these sticks. As I read that, I thought about it, and I thought about our little pond and these little pups and these labs growing up. and Oh, how they like the water. I thought of that story. And then this pastor made this statement. He said, I wonder if the burden you have has been given to you by God to cause you to come back home to him. Maybe he's called you other ways, but you wouldn't come. Maybe the burden is what God is using to bring you to your master's feet. But thank God when we return there, he welcomes us with open arms. There is a God in heaven. We all believe that, right? He's at work in each of our lives. Will we trust him? Will we obey him? If we're wandered away, Will we come back home to him in our hearts and say, Lord, you have my heart. I want to seek yours. I want to serve you. I want to do your will. God says to us today, come home. Come home. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. 
The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.